Hello, welcome. We are here to bring you guys some much, much needed in reality. And I'm here with my homie. What's going on, bro? What's happening, Omar? This is Dominic Maldonado. Yeah. Appreciate it as always. Um, really, really, really fucking excited about this particular film, man. So yeah without further ado just go ahead and kick this shit off i know you got something to say about it um yeah so go ahead sure thing yeah so this film has been a long time coming for us uh and dom has been wanting to do it forever finally found the time to get it together and start doing it it's called it follows and uh it was a huge hit uh when it came out in theaters did big at film festivals before that and um really been received very well by critics um some audience members weren't very fond of it but a lot were and uh i would say that we are among those who found it quite enjoyable yeah and uh, i actually heard about it through a friend of mine not even from my FSU colleagues, which is pretty fucked up. You know, I thought they would have told me or given me a free <laughs> Blu-ray Ultra Violet uh, HD copy since I did pay so much money for that degree. But you know, you do what you can. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, I was a little, you know, cautious because there's like a lot of horror out there, and I'm like, oh, I better not fuck up and waste my time. And it, it really didn't. And I'm a huge horror genre fan. Yeah. And I hate to see sometimes how stupid and silly some of this shit gets but i really appreciated the practical effects in this and it was just so uh i don't know so real so trill even like oh my god and i love how it was all set in detroit um i imagine presume so it was all exclusively probably filmed there maybe pieces in la but wow i could really see some shit like that in reality happening in detroit (laughs) like if it followed it would definitely happen in detroit yeah um so the correlation there being that david robert david robert mitchell uh the director writer director of this film is in fsu alumni went to the college of motion picture arts go nose baby (laughs) hey yeah so um i actually saw the film at a uh, kind of premiere screening that we had at the school um, during uh, graduation for the master's students. They have a a couple days of events and things like that for their graduation. And that's what I saw. That is fucking crazy. That's so cool that y'all got to see it. How many, was it a full house? Was it packed? Tell me about it. I mean, it was... How come I wasn't invited too? It was a pretty exclusive screening, like strictly for uh, film school students, alumni, faculty and stuff. And uh, I think there were some um, producers guild, which are the people who fund the film school. They were invited um, of course, and of course, there was a Q and A with the the man himself, the legend, DRM. Nice, <laughs> and uh, he was yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. And uh, before we get to the plot and everything like that, I want to share a uh, quick story because um, with that weekend of events and the graduation and everything happening, I had some friends graduating in that class and uh so i was invited to all the little after parties and everything like that 
and um, they had people uh, like Wes Ball who directed Maze Runner and Maze Runner 2 uh, he was there that weekend as well I believe and uh, a couple other a couple other people um, and so I was going to all of the events and one of the events was like the final party for their graduating class and I was psyched to meet David David Robert Mitchell at the party. He was sitting, chilling, drinking, and whatever, and came up, and I had just seen the movie a, a day or two before, and, hey, man, that was really cool, and we were all kind of crowding him, just like asking him questions about the movie. Just fangirling, and- <laughs> totally fangirling the fuck out. Not asking your questions during the designated Q&A, just... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey so man, fun fact. why why do it at the Q and A when I can have that face to face time and see, you know what's up? So shout out David Robert Mitchell. He's a cool guy. Definitely a little bit awkward when you meet him, but I mean to make a movie like this, I feel like you know you're gonna have a few quirks to you. Yeah. So fun fact here, according to IMDb, budget of two million dollars estimated. Uh, ended up grossing because it released in March 2015 officially, uh, and by June of 2015 had made 14.6 million. Which isn't like, you know, a shit ton of cash, but for a $2 million budget coming out with 14, you know, yeah, seven times your, you know, investment, that is pretty damn good. And for the amount of, you know, really good film you could pack into this. Yeah. And the fact that, that, that all is the pretty good. We're into it and everything like that. Yeah. For $2 million, like I know some people's ransom, you can't even <laughs> fucking pay for $2 million. And he really, you know, did a great job with this. And, you know, he. Man, I don't know. It so many so many different ways and I really love his story. Yeah. And uh um, what got to me the most was the fucking soundtrack. Shout out Rich Vreeland, aka Disasterpiece. Yeah. I was list I was list dumping his shit all fucking day on Spotify and SoundCloud. I'm actually have to buy that album, the official soundtrack to this. It's so dark and ominous and creepy and at, I feel like I'm being followed, right? Like it is following me when I'm listening to that. Yeah. And <laughs> they just did a great job mixing and mm-hmm. really delivering that. And so. David Robert Mitchell found him off of uh, after playing a game called Fez. Um, <laughs> and so uh, after playing Fez, he reached out to him for the movie, got him for the movie. Uh, his hometown is Detroit, so that's why they were shooting in Detroit. Um, yeah, and... Uh, Let's right, let's actually which yeah go ahead he actually yeah so disaster piece also did the the music for Fez right. which is probably how he ran into him mm-hmm. but isn't it crazy like through video games and y'all said I wouldn't be shit with all these video games mom and dad <laughs> look at me now look at me now <laughs> hey well I mean you know we still haven't really done anything with all that but <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there in, you know in, in the future in the future you know <laughs> every Sith Lord has a first step all right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's, okay, now, now that we got all, all of the, all that out of the way, let's get to the plot of the movie, start the podcast here. Um, so basically it follows is, um, a story about, uh, this kind of, uh, kind of like a disease that once somebody, there's one person that this ominous creature follows 
and it can only be transferred by sex and so that ominous creature will find and kill whoever has the the disease currently whoever yeah whoever didn't got the business last is going to get it follows yeah now the thing is we're they're a little bit fuzzy on the rules but it's clear enough that we get the gist so mm-hmm. you fucking you're gonna it's gonna follow we don't know if that includes protection. We don't know if that's oral. We don't know if that's anal. We don't know if it includes floor play. Yeah. We, there's a lot of stuff here. You know, does it include sexting? Probably not, because it would follow every fucking body in the world. Yeah, there's a so, scene actually in there where um, <laughs> where the girl who it is currently following, the main character of the movie. Jay. Jay. Yeah. Um, she, she is kind of sick and tired of it following her and she goes out sees like three guys on a boat and is like yeah let and me we don't actually see what happens but with the next scene they were really really smart about it. that was just good editing here we see her looking at the boat and then the next scene is her in the car and she's just wet yeah and she has on a cast and her cast is wet and it's like well she must uh went swimming yeah but right and it's like but that's yeah. the thing you don't know be- you don't know if yeah. like does it transfer to all three of them if she does like a four-way type of thing or does it transfer to just the one that um i think it's a one so i think it's uh what they would call a um, a one to many or you know many to one i think it's just a one-to-one uh cardinal relationship uh so basically you know whoever was first in is going to be that first one out yeah but and, then why uh, even bother doing all three you know i mean uh well we don't know if she did and i mean if you were in that predicament, Omar, wouldn't you, you know, just kind of sow as many seeds as you could? I, I mean, personally, if that would have happened to me, I would just get in a job of adult film. Uh, That's what I would do I to know, make man. sure that it kept passing. Nope. Got to keep keep passing. Keep passing. Stick and move. But then if it gets passed back to me, then what? I don't know if I, could, I don't know if I would be like, yeah, there's. There's uh, three of y'all. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I would be down for that <laughs> well we don't know she probably just slept with one of them if anything yeah and, but then you know. she's on the boat the boat was like a small it wasn't a yacht she couldn't go to a room down underneath the boat it was a regular boat you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but i mean they probably like you know pull they leave a lot to our imagination which is good you know it's part of that suspension disbelief yeah but none of the nevertheless it doesn't even matter because it ends up following her again yeah which is either a she didn't do anything or b she didn't tell the guy or he didn't believe him and ended up following him. And, you know, he's dead anyway. I'm saying that shit didn't caught up to him. Yeah. Now, Omar, I've been asking you this question for a while and you've never answered. Clearly. <laughs> if it followed, who would be worth it following for? What? What? So I heard that you're about to go on a little hot date tonight. If you found out <laughs> that these, these lovely young ladies have it following. Uh-huh. Are you gonna smash or are you gonna pass? Pass. If you definitely want, pass. pass. Are you kidding me? You, well, I'm gonna risk <laughs> my life for for you know one night of uh, of a good time. You know what I mean? But you're a, you're a filmmaker. You might be able to you know write your way out of that corner or find out who the source is and the sequel or prequel. See, All right, the so thing. No, no. The problem would be the problem would be this because I would I would be in the moment. You know what? I would be like. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't, you know, I see the situation and I can't go ahead with it. So what I would try to do is I, I, you know, let me just like, you know, you, you get me, I get you, you know what I mean? And, and then if it, 
it transferred to me by that, then I'd be in trouble. That's how I would get in trouble because I would still see if I can like if I can yeah. find a loophole. Would you try to would you just like let one of your homies hit it first and then you would follow up behind? Like that one episode of Always Sunny and then you just kinda Dang. Then you still get to hit it, you know what I'm saying? But you don't have to be the one to, to keep now, it. Now I know what you would do. So not, oh not hanging out with you no more. <laughs> you say, Let's see, what else? Yeah, you could, hey, you could hey, try man, to give it to you, somebody. Uh, why don't you slide with this girl right quick? <laughs> nah, Dom, I know I you. I think it's following. <laughs> uh, uh, just real quick, you know, just see what it's like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Not very long. It really does. You can just just a few quick strokes. We good. Nah, now nah, I see you. You're ready to doom me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you were on Tinder and let's say there's like a special symbol that says, "Oh, she's available and she likes you," but it follows, would you swipe left or would you swipe right? Oh man, left, man. I w- I'm not gonna risk it following me. I don't want to die just for like one one girl. You know what I mean? I don't even know you. I don't know you like that. I'm not risking my life for you. You're not my blood. Well, hold on. Now, one of the characters was willing to risk his life for Jay. Yeah. Remember? And he was mad the whole film. Yeah. That he wasn't getting none of that cursed pussy. So. <laughs> That's And true. then finally, finally, he was able to do it. And then. They both stayed together, which is weird because it's like after that, you know, you want to move to Australia, right? Yeah. Fiji or go work on a cruise ship so that even though it follows and it walks, but it always follows, you're always on the move, right? And it's hopefully harder to find you. Yeah. Uh, But they stayed both in Detroit, which I guess is part of the reason they also did it all in Detroit. It's like they have no fucking choice. If you're in Detroit, they obviously have no fucking means of socioeconomic mobility. Yeah. They already financially fucked. They're not leaving Detroit. That is yeah. that is also their curse. Well, well, back to uh, back to kind of some some of the more filmic stuff. Um, they did they did follow a lot of the they did follow a lot of the tropes of uh, of horror films. So I think it follows really is just saying that this film follows a lot of tropey uh, horror film stuff so like the soundtrack that you mentioned has a lot of very similar sounding uh music to horror films but in like a real synthy kind of interesting way and then it is synthfully beautiful <laughs> got um <laughs> and then uh you know they play on uh the very first scene is a girl running out into the street and she's wearing next to nothing except for like some short shorts and some heels, and it's like right. in the middle. I believe of the day. they call that well. They call it the walk of shame. Number one, <laughs> number two. But um, they do a good job about letting us see and then not see, right? Mm-hmm. Almost like that fourth wall thing. We see her running, but we don't know what from. Yeah. And then later on, we end up seeing, you know, seeing this creature uh, for ourselves, and that's pretty, yeah. pretty fucking boss. Um, yeah. But I thought that they did a really good job about it's like, well, I don't get it. What's happening? What's happening? And then we see and it's like, oh, yeah. Then that motherfucker thing breaks her fucking leg off. And it's like, God damn. And we don't actually see it happen. We just I love how they cut away and we just come back and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's bent back. And, and the only time we actually, yeah, see it attack somebody is when it attacks Jay's friend. And it comes in the form of his mother because it's a ever shape shifting creature, which is why it's it. it's neither he or she. Well, she's attacked by it at the end. At the pool and yeah. everything, yeah. it's like and throwing it chairs at her a, forehead. Yeah, a doppelganger, yeah. Yeah, in the natatorium, they tried to capture it, and then they end up, you know, it is smart enough to know that yeah. oh, it's a trap. 
Yeah. And it's like, it's figures, oh my God. Um, it's just fucking creepy. I feel like it came from New Orleans with all that voodoo <laughs> shit. If I had to guess a place where it came from New Orleans, or unless this is some kind of symbolic thing about AIDS, yeah, probably still New Orleans. But, you know. Yeah. So now that you bring it up, um, so one of the kind of very, uh, very apparent things that this film is doing is kind of showing us uh, a, a version of like the AIDS epidemic and things like that, just different STDs and all that, and using a horror uh, frame in order to show that kind of really scary uh, aspect of it all. And I thought that was... That was really creative. Was yeah, it was boss as fuck. And it's, you do not have to spend a whole lot of disbelief to watch this and enjoy it because the universe they create is so real. And I love how we don't even know what year it is. Mm-hmm. We know it's somewhat modern because they have cars, right? They're not pedaling their fucking feet like the Flintstones. Yeah. I don't think we see any cell phones, but it could be because they're in Detroit and they can't afford them. She right? has or, the, little, the little seashell. That she there's like an ebook yeah. reader flashlight. Yeah, that is thing. weird. That's so weird. We don't. Yeah. What is that thing? But then there's also a telephone with a wire on it and yeah. like an there's old a school TV. Ton of landlines. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know if it's like a thing where they just you know not a uber rich family or if it's like supposed to be set somewhere more in the past because even their clothes are a little bit dated. Yeah. Right. They're not wearing like you know the latest. Right. Or, you know, world tour. I mean, most yeah. of the time, they're not really rest wearing in peace prints kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's I, the, I think for sure he wanted to make it ambiguous. He wanted to not date his film, but he didn't want to make it futuristic, and so he kind of looked for a way with his with his people, his crew, uh, the his production people's. design everything they kind of devised this plan to put it in a place that's completely unknown but very familiar right and um it was yeah pretty pretty cool so uh, yeah i mean it is very well done uh, as far as the production the sound yeah the set design um yeah Man, I'm having a hard time saying anything bad about it, and you know, believe me, I know. You know, we definitely try to find you know, all the weak points and faults here, but um, they really just did a good job. And if I were to say anything, that's like uh, they left a lot of gray area, perhaps on purpose, as far as they, the yeah. limitations of it. And so, like, well, we okay, briefly mentioned, if I were to hop on a boat and run away, am I good? Yeah, are we good now? That's right? one Is thing. That all though, I need to do. Um, so, I, when I was looking up some interesting facts and things about the movie and i i saw an interview um with david robert mitchell and i forgot he actually mentioned this in the q a but um the idea Not paying attention <laughs> the idea came to him because when he was a kid he used to kind of see people following him and he would get scared and he would like uh, yell and run and stuff like that and nobody else saw what he was seeing and he would have these dreams and stuff like that of just like people following him and they weren't running after him or anything they were just going slow and because they were going slow it was that much more scary God, that much damn. scarier because it was like they're gonna be 
coming to get you no matter what. They're Oh like, my god. This was this is his childhood? Yeah. This was his child. Oh my god. So they weren't I don't like, know if I want that kind of childhood even if I had to win a bunch of awards later. That's Yeah. That's fucked, man. Oh my god. Oh, I have like chills now. Yeah. God. So, so this guy's really being Oh my so god. So it was really creepy Damn. for him <laughs> when he and then like uh he, of course, you know, he was a kid so he was he wasn't seeing like like half naked chicks, you know, coming down at him, and or really tall, uh, crazy, yeah, not in that form, dudes. Yeah. But he developed it into something that that um, was relevant to the times with the whole sexual uh, yeah. exploration and everything like that. It, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't see too many gender neutral zombies, but you know, I, <laughs> I appreciate his filmmaking taste nonetheless. That was- <laughs> Yeah. Oh, also he said, um, what made me mention that is because uh, you were saying that he left a lot that um, we didn't know. And that was something that he specifically mentions in the Q&A is that he didn't want to find a backstory about why this existed and everything like that because it would take away from what's actually happening and what is what the current story is. So he didn't want to take away from what was going on and look for yeah. something that I could have That's created a, yeah. anything like that. Yeah, good point. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he didn't. There was no exposition. Just got right into it because we see more of like a slice of it because we don't know how long this chain is, right? We just know it's a very, very big jerk yeah. circle. All right. So but I think a prequel would be pretty cool to see, but um, mm. I just appreciate. I think no, I would not want him to make it. <laughs> I'm just curious. I would like to yeah. sit down with him and be like, "All right, tell me how yeah. it goes." So but, okay. You know. So running on those lines, Dom, what do you think is the next? What happens after this? Um, it would. So okay. So the last scene, go back through the chain. It would just keep going down and down until it gets to the, the originator. Yeah. So the last scene is them, the two of them walking together, hand in hand, walking down the street, and you kind of get a, you kind of get a semblance of somebody kind of following them. Like there's nobody there at right. first, and then they kind of show up a little bit, and then it's like, and they look like one of those creepy motherfuckers that follows, and we know yeah. that it's. Probably one of them, and because they're together, it's going to kill one and then the other. Okay, because yeah. they're in Detroit, you know. So what happens? Nobody cares. So what happens next? What happens right after that? What do you think they is both going get on? Killed. They get oh, yeah, killed they right get there. Killed. Uh, moments, I'd say moments thereafter. No more than you know, two, three episodes of SpongeBob after that. They're gonna <laughs> they're fucking getting killed. Oh man, and it just keeps going down the line. The guy has to try and find some more uh, yeah. unsuspecting teenage girls to. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, and it just, it just the chain just keeps flowing until it, it works its way down. That's what happens, and yeah, it's boss as fuck. I like not knowing what happens. I love the loose ends. Yeah, fucking great job, DRM. Great job, Rich Vreeland. Disaster piece. Yeah. Um, I haven't go check seen, this out, y'all. Go check this shit out. Yeah, I haven't seen Myth of the American Sleepover, which was his first film. But nah, you know, I'm interested to see it after. After this, I know that did well in festivals as well. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. I tell you what you can do. If you do see it, which I'm sure you will, uh, you can check me out online at letterbox.com slash Southern Scholar. <laughs> you can make a little comment on my list, the in reality coming soon. Just say, hey, Dom, it's me, Omar. Uh, I have this film I like to, to review. 
and I'll add it to my list, and we can go from there. And if they want to reach out to you, Omar, how, how would they do that? They can reach me also on letterbox.com slash the O-Man. And uh, when I see that film, I will make sure to throw it up there in my diary and rate it and so you guys can know what I think of it. So, well, good shit, good shit. Uh, definitely one of my top films of the last two, three years, easily. So, all right. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. See you on the next one. <laughs>